All right, Chaturga, welcome to the podcast. This is officially your podcast, your exclusive, exclusive podcast. So before we get started, I always like to start the podcast with an icebreaker question. And my question to you is, what is your favorite food? Favorite food? You know, I enjoy food maybe a little too much, so it kind of depends on what mood I'm in. Uh, but uh, my daughter and I, you know, she's six years old, we have a little tradition every couple weeks. We do a date night together, just the two of us. And we went out tonight to a little Chinese place that has the best orange chicken. It's fantastic. So I'm going to say tonight it would be Chinese. Nice, nice. Chinese. What, what's, what's your favorite dish? This, uh, the strawberry chicken. I get it every time. Every once in a while strawberry I branch out trying to get something. Uh-oh. It's fantastic. We're losing I try brain. new things every now and then, and mm-hmm. I always just I, I realize my mistake and come back to the good old reliable. Have you tried jalapeno chicken? Oh, no. I can't do spicy things. I am I am way too gringo for that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Kryptonauts and Ravenites all around the world, thank you for being on the podcast. We have ourselves Chaturga, a.k.a. Devin Steele, with uh, the community manager for IP Assets and a bunch more. We're going to get to that here pretty soon. All right, so with that said, let's get started with... Uh, of course, the disclaimer. The disclaimer is that this is all for entertainment, entertainment purposes only. This is not financial advice by the host or the guest. So make sure you get that clear. All right. Don't come back to us saying, "Hey, you guys said something, and and I and I got this and that." And no, 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 no. Entertainment purposes only. Right? Good. Okay. So Chaturga. Um, I actually don't know much about your history. You did give me a little synopsis mm-hmm. of, of what you do. And I know you've been around Ravencoin community for a very, very long time, pretty much since the early days. And um, you actually got a few years in comparison to a lot of people around here. So thank you for being on the podcast. I want to know what you what you did before you even got into crypto. You know, Other than everything that you, you've already kind of, uh, all the information you gave, you've given me, what mm-hmm. did you do before you got into crypto? Well, as far as work goes, uh, employment history, I spend a lot of time doing customer service, call centers and, and whatnot, um, training and tech support and uh, customer service background for about 15 years. So that's really what gave me the basic skill set to be able to start getting into working with communities and uh, interacting with people and whatnot. So that was really what led me to getting into crypto. And then I mentioned this to you before, but for those who don't know, Back in 2018, uh, was a friend of mine worked for a company called Medici Ventures, a little sub-company of Overstock, uh, let me know that they had a new position open working for this small open source project that they have their developers working on called Ravencoin, and said that they are looking for someone to interact with the community and it fit my skill sets, so uh, applied, interviewed with, uh, on Discord, people know him as Ravencoin Dev or Wolf Sokta mm-hmm. and Tron, which most people know Tron at this point. Uh, they liked what they saw and brought me on, and that's really what got me involved. Hmm. So, so that is your history right there. You you spent 15 years in a call center, and then you got picked by Medici, and Medici kind of tethered you into Ravencoin, and this is where you're at now. So that's kind of like, how did that work out? Like, what what's the connection there with 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 call centers and Medici? Like, how did that even ha- happen? <laughs> well, it's it's. Not- the the development side of things and the crypto side of things it was more the working with people skill sets because some people who work with soft develop where developers may know this but they're not exactly the most go out and engage with people type personalities they like to write code and they like to build cool things and they right. want people to leave them alone while they're building the cool things so that's where my skill set came in is when Ravencoin was getting up and going and all kinds of developers were working on it, particularly, you know, the, the Medici devs, they were getting all kinds of questions from people in the community, uh, other developers and whatnot, and it was actually slowing down their ability to write code and to, to take the time and explain something and go surf around through Discord and Reddit and Telegram and look at what people are talking about and what's relevant, uh, and they just didn't have the time to do that. So they wanted somebody that really had the the experience working with people to be able to come in and 
parse through all of the, the conversations that go across all the social media and get the information to them that's going to be relevant, that's going to help them build better code and, and write better stuff for the project. So uh, as far as development goes, uh, I think the last code I wrote was back in college, an HTML course where I wrote a really bad website. <laughs> that was the that was the object of the project is make the worst website you possibly can because if you can make a bad one then you understand what makes a good one. So uh, I'm not a programmer. I'm not a coder. I couldn't write code to save my life, but I know people. So that's where they brought me in uh, yeah. so that I could be the person to talk to the different people and be able to answer questions in advance and then things that I couldn't answer when it got too technical, that's where I would get people connected with people like Tron and, and the other developers okay. in the community that can answer those questions. So your people skills, the ability to just talk to people and like uh, developers. And I know this from personal experience as well. I'm not a developer. I'm the guy that uh, I would go to crypto meetups. This was in 2017, 16, right around there. I would come to, I, at, the, at that time, I wasn't living where I currently am in San Jose, but I used to drive out here to Silicon Valley and I used to uh, go to meetups, to crypto meetups, because where I was at, there wasn't really much... Uh, crypto stuff going on and I was so involved in it since 2010 that I wanted to participate in, in these meetups and at that time there was a bunch of ICO events going on people are just pumping up stuff trying to get trying to get projects going people are just uh, writing a bunch of code uh, this was right around like I, um, let's see I know ethereum has been out for just a little bit but shortly mm -hmm. thereafter I think after after the Dow after the Dow was hacked I think there was a, just a flood of ICOs that just came thereafter and there was a lot of different meetups out here and all these developers just like just like your like your experience they're good at doing code they're good just leave them behind the desk and let them type their stuff but when it's time for them to get onto the stage and actually talk about their project that's a whole different ballgame they don't they get nervous on stage they don't have those uh, mm -hmm. those personal communication skills to go and just talk to people one at a time. No, they're just like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. But when you see them type their code, they're running that stuff just nonstop. I'm like, yeah. how are you doing that? It's crazy. How are it's, you, how are you not magic. able to get on stage? Yeah. So, yeah. And it's not to say that I haven't met developers who don't have the people skills. Uh, quite the contrary. Some of them are quite good at talking to people. If you're talking something that they're passionate about, mm -hmm. so, uh, you get talking code and endpoints and databases. And some of them can, just open up and be this conversational wizard, but mm -hmm. you kind of have to talk about something they're interested in. Right. Is my experience. You got to keep in mind that this was like right around the beginning when Solidity came out. So people, were, everybody was trying to understand what Solidity was. So when I'm sitting through these, I guess, courses and learning it myself, uh, as as much as I can learn it, because like I said, I'm not a developer just like you, but I'm more or less picking up li little bits here and there. And then I asked one day, it's like, hey, uh, I, you're. you're is there any way that I can help help out a volunteer and, and do some stuff around here? Because I like what you guys are doing. It's like, yeah, man, you want to you want to you want to host? I'm like, hmm. Um, what do you want me to do? It's like, just get on stage and talk because nobody likes to get on stage and, and do the introductions. <laughs> I was like, okay, I can do that, sure. So, uh, guest number one, we have so and so, and guest number two, we have so and so. They're gonna talk about these projects. Yada yada yada. Check out the pro projection screen. They're gonna show your presentation, and that's how I got my my experience into crypto. Now, you and Medici, um, I want you to paint me a little picture because I'm still trying to understand. For me, it's like Medici is like, uh, at, at that time, because from my understanding, uh, I spoke with Tron and uh, I had an interview with him a couple weeks ago. And he said, the Medici now is not the same Medici as it was back then. Back then, it was yep. a different type of Medici company. Um, I want you to just take me back in time and, and, and paint me a picture of what Medici looked like back then. Sure. So back then, when I first started with them, uh, they'd been around for a little long, not too terribly long, though. And they were a software development company, so particularly within crypto. So they had a number of different projects that they had developers that they were working with. And they would find other companies that have great ideas and a great way to implement something, just didn't have the developers for it. And Medici would come in with their developers and say, hey, we want to help bolster up your, your developer base and help you with this project and you know invest in you as a company to help su you succeed and grow. So at the time when I came in, they had a, probably at least three or four different projects, including uh, working with T0 and with, uh, they started getting in with grain chains and a number like supply chains, a winery, uh, a number of different places. And they were helping them with the development work for their projects. 
And Ravencoin was just one of the many projects, but it was the only one that was open source. Everything else was, you know, private companies, closed source. So it was a little bit different with Ravencoin. Uh, and everything was, you know, influenced by the community. Everything was open to the public. Uh, so that's where the communication was, and transparency was a lot more in that corner of the, of the department. I mean, we literally, they put us over in, in the corner uh, about three developers and, and myself, and we just kind of did our thing. And, um, but they, they had the other teams that had full developers, full stack engineers that were working with these other projects. And that's how it was when I was there. And then about a year later, they had to do some layoffs. And this was Overstock as, as a whole, not just within Medici. And it went through three full rounds of layoffs over a number of months. And I made it through to the last round, but in the end, my skill set just couldn't be transferred to other, some of these other closed source projects that they had, some of these other mm. private projects. Um, it was really just for interacting with the community in an open environment. And most of their projects weren't set up that way, so they had to let me go there. And shortly after that, um, I want to say just before the pandemic hit, they... Uh, from my understanding, and I wasn't there, so this is kind of hearsay from friends who were, were still around then, um, moved away from the development side of things and more just into the financial supporting of companies. So they let a lot of developers go. They, they um, kind of changed models as a company overall. Wow. That's why? Why? <laughs> That's a question way beyond my pay grade. <laughs> okay. That's something that, that Tron or... Uh, other people that were higher up in the mm, in okay. the ranks there admitted you'd be able to answer that. <clears> so I want to be on me. Okay, so I want to reiterate. It starts off with Overstock, right? Overstock is the top, the the creme de la creme. Then it's Medici, right? And then from your chain where you came through was around Medici, and then within Medici, Ravencoin was developed by uh, developers internally from Medici, right? Open source. To, to a point, yeah. So, so Medici, they weren't the sole developers of Ravencoin. Because it is a community project, it was open to developers everywhere. It was just within Medici, uh, Patrick Byrne really liked the idea of crypto. Yeah, that's the whole reason why Medici was spun up as a company, because he wanted to be able to devote resources into the, this crypto industry. And within Ravencoin particularly, he saw something that he liked. And so he wanted to help out. And the way that he could help out the project is to donate full-time developers to it. So... With open source projects like Bitcoin and whatnot, it, it takes a while to get off the ground when everything is grassroots because nobody's getting paid for it. Back with Bitcoin, it was a little different because it was the only project around. There weren't many people, and so they kind of worked with what they had. But as the crypto industry has grown, people who know how to code blockchain mm -hmm. are becoming more common, or I shouldn't say more common, but they're, they're starting to be more of them. But there's also a lot more projects that are trying to recruit them. So people who have the skill sets to build within blockchain don't want to do it for free, honestly. And if they do, it's they don't have really the time, for the most part, to spend more than maybe an hour or maybe two a day, a couple days a week on a project like this. And Patrick could see that that would, eventually Ravencoin would grow because, again, it's community developers. It's, it's going to happen. But it was going to take a long time. So he wanted to help speed that up. And that's where he took some of the developers, including Tron uh, and a few others, and just said, you know what, we're, we're going to pay your salary, but go work on this project for the community. Go help them out and, and help them build what they want to build. Wow. Yeah, so I should get Patrick Burns on the podcast and try to pick his mind of why he decided to put, <laughs> put all this stuff together, right? Yeah. Yep, he was, he was a very big help as far as that. And like I said, it's Overstock and Medici never claimed any type of ownership or control anything like that over Ravencoin. Somebody else came in with the white paper and said, this is what we're building. And, and Overstock and Medici just said, great, we'd love to help out. Here's a few people that we can donate their time to, to the project. And that's where uh, I'm assuming Bruce Fenton came in. Yep. Between Bruce and Tron, they, they came up with the brainchild and put together the white paper and figured out how they wanted it to work. Okay. So um, you, your job, it's a paid job, right? You're actually working for Medici as an employee. At that time, yes. Yep, it was a paid position. Not as a, a contractor. You're an actual employee of Medici. Yes. And your job there was being a community manager. Yep, 
that was my entire purpose, my entire job there. Just to make sure you you you, you keep constant communication with the community, uh, on, on the different on the multiple platforms. Uh, I, I'm guessing what uh, Twitter, Discord, Facebook, uh, maybe YouTube. I'm not sure what what, what platforms you you, you manage. <laughs> Yeah, I had two screen, two monitors, and multiple windows in each one, so I could keep track of all the conversations at once. Kind of looked like the Matrix, you know, of, as far as conversations and okay. rolling across my screen. But uh, largely, it was Discord, uh, and there was probably three or four different Discord channels that I was a part of at the time. Uh, some traditional forums, uh, web web forums. There was Telegram. Um, the only one that was common at the time that I didn't really participate in was Twitter. There's a whole other story behind that and the, the Ravencoin handle there, but uh, for those of you who know, you know. <laughs> so did did you uh, did you so when you're working yeah. for Medici, are you actually being mm -hmm. the community manager for Medici, kind of promoting Medici, or are you promoting Ravencoin at this time? This was specifically Ravencoin. None of the other projects used a community manager. Uh, I wasn't representing any other teams. It was specifically Ravencoin. And it was not even like the community person for Ravencoin. It was almost more like a, a liaison between the community and the developers at, at Medici, the ones that were there full time, wow. 40 hours a week working on stuff. See, so, I knew it. I knew you had the experience, man. You've been there since the beginning. <laughs> Jeez. Yep. So I got to see a, a lot of the people come along. I got to see some of the different uh, community leaders come and go. I've got to see some of the, the transitions within the community as far as discovering what our identity was and where we wanted to go with things. Uh, I even was there when, so there's a, a gentleman named Doug Pepe, uh, also goes by the handle Mango Farms, and he's a blockchain lawyer. And at the time, we didn't, couldn't get on any exchanges because all, every exchange was asking for some sort of legal document stating you weren't a security or some other legal thing that, that protects their backsides. And any law firms that we had approached the, on behalf of the community saying, hey, what would it take for the community to get this paper that says it's not security? They're looking for like twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars $25,000 retainer mm -hmm. fees to write this paper. Right, right, yeah. It was ridiculous. And so Doug came in, he's like, well, no, that's, it's, it's not that hard to do. You just need to take a minute to sit down and do it. And he was really liking what he saw on Ravencoin. So between me and him, we, we coordinated a, a document for stating that Ravencoin wasn't security. And I helped get that over to various exchanges and between me and other people in the community that had a little bit of pull, we were able to start getting on some legit exchanges, which then kind of snowballed. And now we're on places like Bitrix and Binance. And so I should Top be thanking you. I should be crypto. thanking you and Doug for getting Ravencoin on. Oh, definitely thank Doug. Right? <laughs> wow. Yeah, awesome. I just, I just, I was almost like a switchboard operator. I just connected a few things here and there. Doug is definitely the one that gets the props as far as that goes. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Here's here's a question. Here's a here's a good question for you. Have you, and I'm going to look at you here, have you ever read Satoshi's White Paper? Uh, not in its entirety. I've read bits and pieces of it, but I haven't read the entire thing. Have you read Ravencoin's White Paper? Repeatedly, multiple times. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> good, good. All right. Uh, how, how about this? Have you ever mined Ravencoin? I have not. Uh, it kind of goes back to one of those things where I am... Um, I know computers. I can work my way around them more than just you know writing and sending and deleting emails. Wow. But as far as getting in and doing mining and stuff like that, it's just never really been in my skill set. So nope, I'm not a miner. I, I I buy. I hold. I'm not a day trader. Uh, I'm I'm here for the community more right. than anything. I'm here right. for the people. Do you, Do you feel like you missed out on a lot if you since you didn't mine? Nah. No, I think it all comes around in the end. Okay. Good. Good. I was able to, to get exposure to it in the early days to understand really what its vision is, what it's capable of, and get a little bit of holdings myself to hold on to for a while. Uh, so I, I believe in the project. Like I said, it's I'm not in it for big money gains uh, and whatnot. Uh, I'm not even in it really for the tech, even though I respect what the tech does. Again, it's the community. It's what drew me in from the very beginning, and it's what's kept me here for uh, years and years later. Wow. So... I understand you you don't do any coding. You're not a developer, but you did help a lot of people know what Ravencoin is. You even got to the point where you're you're communicating with different pools out there and getting them to start to integrate uh, with with Ravencoin, right? Uh oh, did we lose them? 
Uh oh. Looks like we lost him. <laughs> Chaturga, we lost him. Oh no. I'm just gonna wave my hand. I can't I can't hear you. You're frozen. What happened? Chaturga, come back. Come back. Let's see. Technical difficulties. Let's see if I can send him a message here. Um, you froze. You froze, buddy. Let's see here. He comes back. Lissa, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, I just want to make sure it's not me that, that froze. Okay. Well, how about this? While I try to get him back on, um, so far from what you've heard, let's try to fill in the air here. So far what you've heard, um, what do you know about Chaturga that has truly benefited Ravencoin? So far what he's already discussed. I mean, just the simple fact that he said that he was like a switchboard connector and literally got um, the white paper, you know, and legal documents and everything put into place. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. But also like him not being a developer or, you know, like not part of that, but he is part of it in a sense because he's, like you said, a liaison between the community and the developers, which I think is really cool because what other cryptocurrencies that we know of actually do that kind of stuff? If, mm -hmm. Like actually listen to their community. All right. So it looks like he's coming back in. We're going to bring him in right now. Trying to rejoin on my phone. I guess he had a, a internet connection drop. No worries. Here he is. And there he is. Good. You are back with us. Welcome. All right. Chetaka. Can't hear you. Audio check, mic check, one, two, one, two. I don't see him muted on my side. Still technical difficulties. Okay. All right, Lisa. Welcome back. Totally got kicked. Okay. It looks like he might be in the crypto chilling chat. Yeah, I told him to. There it is. There he is. I got him. All right. There we are. We got you back. Welcome back. Yeah. It's a really unfortunate time for my internet to drop. <laughs> it's okay. All right. That I'm happened. back. Where were we at? I believe I was asking um, in regards to mining pools. So. Uh, I, I believe you helped out um, some mining pools get connected with Ravencoin. Um, you, you, you sent some binary codes for uh, for these pools, correct? And and the exchanges. Uh, did we lose them again? Turn off your camera. I, I believe it might be the camera. Yeah. 
So now we lost your audio. Yep, yep, we lost your audio again. So it's something I'm not sure what's going on with with it's probably the internet connection. It's not able to hold uh the video and the audio. Um you might have to leave and come back. Okay. And this is of course gonna be all unedited. Welcome to live interviews. <laughs> All right, Chatuk, are you there now? Oh no. Why did Okay, how about now? Audio check. No? Yes? It's just not working for him. He's trying to get connected. It's just not working. Is that is that working? Any there we better? go. We got you now. Okay. Don't okay, turn the camera. Okay, I'm not going to even bother trying to turn them. I'm yeah. not going to touch the camera. Let's I don't know what's going on with the camera, but it's acting wonky. All right. Let's yeah, go nobody ahead. needs to look at my face anyway. <laughs> let's let's answer that question there. So the question is, uh, <laughs> you helped you helped out pools and exchanges. Uh, by by providing binaries, right? Yes. So any pools that we knew of that were running Ravencoin, any exchanges at the time uh, that were listing Ravencoin, I had contact information with all of their operators and customer service. So anytime there was new binaries that were released and put into production, I would notify those companies and, and pools, Preferably within about 24 hours of everything going live, so they had time to switch things over, make sure there was a smooth transition, uh, just to make sure that they were running the most recent versions of the code. We didn't want to risk any forks or anything like that, so we just tried to keep them up to date with changes. Hmm. So let me ask you then, what happened to uh, to Coinbase? We put in all the paperwork for it a couple times. It's they're all on their end now. We've had Tron reach out to him a couple times um, since being with the the Ravencoin Foundation and before. Uh, we try. We're we're pushing. We've asked them if there's anything that they need from us, but they just haven't done it yet. What do you What do you think is the big issue? What's your guess? If I were to guess, I would say just not enough visibility, not enough renown for the project, which is kind of odd considering it's a top 100 market cap currency. Go look at Coin Market Cap. We're hovering in the nine in the low 90s consistently so mm -hmm. i'm not i'm sure exactly what it is but if they will if they'll reach out to us and tell us what they need from us we're we've got dozens of people that are happy to jump on it to get us listed okay all right so i'm reading here that you got your your scrum master certification i don't even know what that is what is this <laughs> all right so scrum master is a basically a communications coach for development teams so just a little bit of a background, and anybody out there who's a developer, you'll understand on this, but for those who aren't, um, software development has reached a point where in, the developers need to be able to adapt at almost a moment's notice whenever a market shift happens, uh, whenever new code just isn't going to work or something needs to happen in order to keep up with the, the trends and the changes. So it's called a, an agile process where they only go so far in advance as far as what they're planning just in case something shifts so that you're not building stuff two years in in advance or, or going taking two years of time to develop something to find out that it went out of style a year before. Uh, so within that, uh, in order to keep up with those changes and, and whatnot, there needs to be communication happening within the team and within other teams if a company has multiple teams. And so Scrum is a process, an agile process. It's a a framework where it helps organize um, development strategies, particularly when something is complex or there's a lot of unknowns. Like some things, when you're just rebuilding the same thing over and over and over, you don't necessarily need to use a Scrum or Agile process because you have your givens. You know it needs to be built. It's more like a manufacturing line. But when you have a lot of complexity or a lot of unknowns out there that you need to be able to adapt quickly to, then that's where you want to use an Agile framework. And so a Scrum Master is a communications coach for a team of developers. Basically, it's making sure that they're talking to each other, 
if they have any any roadblocks or, or impediments that jump in their way like hey we don't have access to these databases that this other part of the company uses or I my computer died you know, whatever whatever is slowing a developer down a scrum master's job is to help get it that cleared out so the developers can keep doing that thing that they are very awesome at. They work the magic at their keyboards. Uh, it's almost like that the Scrum Master is the WD-40 in an engine. They don't do the work. They don't have the power, but they make sure that everything can keep moving smoothly. Okay. And when I was at Medici, and even before that, I thought the Scrum Masters had to know how to code. That it was, in order to work with the developers, you had to know the code and be able to do things. But... After my position was dissolved at Medici, a friend of mine there was like, you know what, you should look into being a scrum master. It's all about communication and you have the skill set for it. I was like, but you don't have to, you don't have to know code? He says, no, no, you don't have to know code at all. You have to know people and how to communicate and get them to communicate with each other, which coincidentally sounded just like what my skill set was. Hmm. So I looked into it and found that these agile processes that, that make up agile code development in general is something that I've been applying principles without knowing it for most of my life anyway. It all just kind of clicked and made sense. Like it, it wasn't anything really new to me. And so it just it felt comfortable and, 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 and familiar and like this is what I, I need to be doing. So I went and got my certification there and uh, was able to be picked up with a web hosting company and really learn from a great team, a, a great company, how to be a successful Scrum Master and how to help these developers become better at what they do and more efficient and put out better code. And that's just, it, it speaks to me. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Wow. I, I've never heard of this. This is the first time I've heard of this. It sounds like something I should do, man. This is, sounds great. So, yeah, it's great. I get, to, I get to work with developers. I get to see tech being born. I get to see from the inside, like how these things, these cool things are growing and people building them. But I don't have to do any of the code work myself. It's great. Where are you located at? I'm actually in Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay, so you're 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 uh, Tron's Tron's neighbor. Pretty close, yeah. Well, I was I went over to his house one night. Uh, he had a get together for uh, a bunch of the the people at Medici, and I was surprised at how close we are to each other. Wow. Actually. Okay. You also were the lead uh, the lead man that that put. Put together the Salt Lake City uh, Ravencoin meetups in the early days, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. I took point on those. I definitely got some assistance from other people within the companies as well for some of the details. But the the Ravencoin meetups was one of the things that I got to really help uh, build up and organize and coordinate when people were arriving. So that was an awesome experience. Did you put together the cruise? I did not. That one, again, goes a little bit beyond my scope of, of things. That, w that takes people who have the, the, the clout of a manager and the paycheck of a, or not paycheck, and the, the credit card of a corporate corporation okay. at their disposal. <laughs> okay. Did you go to it? I did not. Nope. I, 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 I want to know more. Everyone's keeping yeah, things. Yeah, I, I didn't go to that one. I was, one of the things I was able to do is uh, for 2018's World Crypto Countdown in Las Vegas. I was able to attend that. I went down with Tron and uh, met a couple folks from the community down there, and that was a really awesome experience. So. Yeah, I was. I, I think I if I'd been, that. I think if I'd been with Medici longer, I might have been able to go to more of those bigger events. I was telling uh, the the group, you know, when when we hang out in Twitter Spaces and stuff, when we start chatting uh, the Ravenites. I, one of the things that we're lacking is more in-person meetups. Of course, COVID has a lot of impact mm -hmm. and shutting things down, right? Um, but what I've noticed, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you've pretty much been there since the beginning, but there's not much of a West Coast um, uh, represent, uh, yeah, I guess representation of, of Ravencoin out here, right? Like, there's no real meetups, not like as big the... meetups. Yeah, it's kind of like, if you look at the population density of the United States at about the Mississippi line, it, it kind of reflects what our meetups look like. Because we have the New Hampshire meetup, which has a lot of people around there. They're able to come, and the, you know people live around there, and uh, there's some fairly good turnout on some of the years. Others not as much, but they've had some good turnout there. But when you get to Salt Lake, there's so many people that are members of the community, but we're so spread out. You've got Utah and California and Canada and Arizona, and people are all over. But they still come to the meetups because ultimately it's closer than New Hampshire and. Uh, it's just it's a different group of people that they can get to meet and uh, it's just it's so far from so many people to travel just because of 
ultimately, I think, population density. So after you got cut with with Medici, they straight up just bah, they try to give you a chance. You lasted the four rounds. Eventually, you got cut. Mm-hmm. Boom, you're out of it. You know, not enough skills, unfortunately, uh, and you're kind of just left left afloat. You're just figure it out, right? It's, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. It appears that Doug Pepe took you under his wing and says, "Hey, you're you're yep. you're, you're a really good guy. You're doing really good work." I want you to work for uh, Mango Farm slash IP Assets. And this is currently what you're doing now, right? Yeah. So when I left Medici, I was a little bummed uh, and took a little break from crypto for uh, a year or two while I worked on like my Scrum Master stuff and working with developers and, and whatnot. And it was actually, it, it wasn't Doug coming to me as his first choice. He was actually asking around to some of the community leaders of, hey, we're, we're looking for somebody that can interact with the community because it's just getting it's getting a little much for us to handle and still be able to focus on the development and the things that we're building to also be able to do the social media stuff. Do you know anybody who would be able to fill this role? And one of the community leaders was like, hey, have you tried talking to Shaturka? He actually did this for Medici and he, he has the skill set for it. And that's uh, from my understanding where Doug was like, oh yeah, I remember working with him. I'll, I'll drop him a line. And so that's where he reached out to me and said, hey, are you interested in this position? Um, and, you know, obviously I said yes and interviewed with him and Adam, the head of IP assets, and they felt like I would fit with what they need. So they brought me on board. And that's where I'm at now over at Mango Farm uh, IP assets. Uh, Mango Farm's the, the name most people know it by because that's where it really started. Uh, Doug started working with uh, IPFS. He was really into the, the IPFS side of things and what Ravencoin could do with it. So he was one of the first pioneers of really implementing that on a large scale on Ravencoin. And he went by Mango Farm as his handle, and that's how most people know it. Mm-hmm. And then recently we started working together with IP Assets, and that's the larger corporate name at this point. Um, and it's really about building an ecosystem for the community. And it all started with that IPFS that Doug was working with. So now there's uh, ravencoinipfs.com. You can actually go and you can host IPFS files. So, do you want to screen share that? Um, I can try. I'm hoping that it doesn't mess up the camera stuff again. Oh, let's see. All right, here. Let me see. Should I? Yeah, let's maybe have you do it. I'm worried that if I try to do it, I'll have that connectivity issue again. Might drop me again. IPFS. uh, Yep, Ravencoin. Ravencoin. IPFS.com. Now, for those who aren't as familiar with IPFS, basically it's a file storage system on a essentially decentralized network where someone can go post a, a file on a node somewhere on the network, and then anybody can access that or find the address to that file with a hash string. And so what we do is when you put that up on the Bitcoin IPFS, it will give you a hash string of, of your file, which is basically an address to that file. And then you can put that right in an asset that's created on the Ravencoin blockchain. So then anybody can trade around that asset and go view it on the asset viewers and, and whatnot. And it is, as long as that node is active, it will stay on the network. People can view it at any time. The downside is, is that it's, it's not spread across the entire network. It's not like the blockchain transactions where every computer every node that's running it downloads the same information um it's it's stuck on whatever nodes you happen to want to host it on and you can put on multiples for redundancy which is great because if one of them goes down people can't view that file anymore you're getting you're getting a lot of microphone like rubbing oh okay it might be this headset okay i'll keep it away from my shirt hopefully that will help okay so so we're looking at the website now Okay. Ultimately, anybody who wants to host a file for IPFS for their assets, so people can go look at cool NFT artwork or whatever other purpose they want to use assets for, um, they can put it on their own node, they can host it, and everything will work just fine. Unless that computer that's hosted on goes down. Uh, If that happens, then it's not accessible to anybody. The file doesn't get deleted, it's still out there on the blockchain, it's just nobody can view it. So Ravencoin IPFS is a place for persistent storage of these files. So 
can go in and post anything really you can put in like i said nft artworks you can put in contracts if you want to start working with you know contract assets and property assets and things like that in the early days when doug was testing with this stuff he even put movies on it so entire movie files were on ipfs that you could go watch so that was where it all started was creating this storage system where people could host their files for assets because ravencoin is built to be an asset blockchain and really help in that in that area and then it kind of grew from there so we now have in addition to the ipfs site mango farm built their own wallet that is asset aware that one's mangofarmassets.com it has a test test net that you can go get some some test net raven and play around with assets creating them sending them back and forth see how it all works Oops. it has a blockchain explorer it has a asset viewer on it so a lot of tools there to help the community and then they also have a marketplace which is the asset marketplace oh, geez, what am i doing they built a place where people could take these nfts that they're building these assets that they're building and want to sell sell to each other and, and trade and whatnot and made a place for people to do it and then they have other projects coming down the line that help build on this ecosystem that again it all kind of synergizes together it all kind of works together the big one that they're working on right now is a hardware wallet called the ice wallet and they've been working really hard on this one it's it's gonna be so awesome what's what's the link to <laughs> um, that that one is let me see real quick icewallet.io some of the cool features about this so far uh, in the pre-production stages is it is asset aware right now it's just ravencoin but down the line we want to incorporate other uh, major crypto projects you know bitcoin ethereum you know whatever we can fit inside that little box mm -hmm. uh, it also uses what's called jab codes to transmit the transaction data and uh, I don't know all the details of it this is where it kind of gets into that I am not a developer so I don't understand the intricacies as well but if you go look up jab codes it'll start telling you kind of what they're doing with it for those people who are who have been watching the Twitter channels they may have seen something come up with the last couple days that mango farm has posted that just looks like one of the old uh, magic eye artworks where it's just a bunch of random colors and that is an example of one of these jab codes. It's basically a QR code that's done in color to transmit exponentially more data than QR codes can, which is your blockchain transactions. Uh, it's also not connected to any networks directly. It doesn't have like a, a tether cord into a computer. It does everything through these, these pictures, these images. Um, there's a lot of cool features to it. I, I wouldn't be able to do it justice. I can just say that it's it's a hardware wallet that we've needed for a while with Ravencoin with assets, you know the um, treasures and whatnot. The really popular hardware wallets out there are great, but they're not asset aware, and so mm -hmm. we want a place for people to be able to put these these high value assets. So that's where that's how much is it selling for? It's not yet. We're not in production yet. We're still trying to get all that figured out with the companies that are going to be producing them. Uh, we're hoping to have them out before the holidays, but since that's only like a week or so away, that might not happen. <laughs> Probably won't happen. Uh, good old production delays and whatnot that everybody struggles with right now. Are these being uh, produced overseas or domestic? Uh, again, that's one that I am not sure on the details. That is one where you would want to talk to Doug. Uh, if you could get him on the show, he knows a lot. He's of he's too. scheduled to be on the on the podcast. Yeah, I oh, just, perfect. I These just wanted to see if you, would, uh, <laughs> if you would tell us before you told us. I can I can give you little teasers to, to set him up for some really cool conversations because Doug's amazing. He, like I said, he's a blockchain lawyer, but he's also a developer in his own rights. He's, you know, inventing these approaches to doing things. I think largely because he's not a career uh, programmer. It's a I want to do this thing and. Developers like, well, I don't know if we can do this thing. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway, because, <laughs> you know, he doesn't know enough about programming to know when you can't do something, but he knows enough about it to decide that he wants to do it. So he's come up with some really cool ideas, and uh, I'll just, I'll, like I said, I'll give a little teaser on there, but that's definitely 
some details that he can go into and just he's blown my mind in talking about it so i'm i'm glad to hear that he's going to be on the show and be able to talk a little bit more about it the ice wallet it's coming yeah. coming soon he's, and he's... as i hear more information as i get more uh, as far as when it's going to be released how much it's going to cost things like that i'm definitely going to get it put up on twitter and reddit and discord and everywhere that people watch social media so You'll know yeah. as soon as I do. He, he will be a returning guest on the podcast. We've had him on the podcast before. For the listeners and viewers out there, if you want to watch that, it is in the C3 Media YouTube channel. You can go check that out. Um, yeah, it's, it'll be exciting to have him back on the podcast um, very soon in a couple weeks here. So, thumbs up for that. All right, Chaturga. So, uh, with that said, what are you doing now? I mean, you're obviously the the community manager, but where are you actively at? Like, um, what sites are you using? What apps are you using? Where are you mainly at? Uh, the places where I mostly interact is uh, the Discord, uh, Ravencoin Discord. Is I'm actually I've been a, a moderator on that server for a, a few years. Ever since Medici, pretty much as soon as I left Medici, they're like, okay, well, now that you're not there acting in that capacity, do you want to be a moderator on Discord? <laughs> so the Ravencoin Discord, uh, I'm also on the Ravencoin subreddits, so r slash Ravencoin, r slash Ravencoin NFTs, uh, slash cryptocurrency. I'm in that one as well. Don't post as much in that one yet, but uh, hopefully soon. I also have, or I'm on Twitter. We have the... I don't do Mango Farm. Doug does that one, but I do the IPFS, uh, Ravencoin IPFS. At, oh my goodness, my tongue obviously decided to stop working. Ravencoin <laughs> IPFS. Uh, the well, let me just jump over to Twitter because it's easier to remember that way when I'm just looking at my list. So the Asset Marketplace or at my Asset Market, the Ravencoin IPFS, which is at Ravencoin IPFS, uh, Ice Wallet, which is at Ice Wallet Cold. We also have uh, Athlete Assets, uh, or My Athlete Assets, which is specifically for uh, promoting athletes who are wanting to take advantage of new laws and new regulations, and particularly within the uh, college space, where, um, for those of you who are familiar, this might sound familiar, but there's been recent changes within like the NCAA and whatnot with college sports where athletes are now allowed to make money from their, their likenesses and their basically trademark themselves and market themselves. And before they couldn't do that, only professional athletes could do that. So uh, Adam with IP Assets, that's one of the things he's been really working with is these college foundations and college uh, leagues to help their, their athletes be able to work with NFT markets and create assets about themselves, like trading cards, uh, or little collectible trophies for when a team, you know, wins a championship and, and stuff like that. So, um, athlete asset, my athlete assets is another one that I work with. Uh, those are the Twitter handles, and then there's also a Facebook page for IP assets for those people who still use the Facebook. I keep up, the, up that one up to date as well. I tried Telegram, but it's just with just one channel and it scrolls so fast. Just about anything I put up there disappears within minutes and is buried. I'll still watch it now and then, but I don't post on that one quite as much. Uh, but if anybody has any other channels that they would like to see more information on, I am open to any suggestions. Just feel free to drop me a message through any of those other channels. Uh, just say, hey, have you tried checking out this? I don't want to do TikTok. Please don't say TikTok. <laughs> but other than that, uh, just drop me a line and I'm happy to, to chat with you. I'm happy to look at other places, other venues whatever works for the community that's what i'm there for perfect and, and so basically what it comes down to is if if i want to know anything that's going on with uh pretty much anything in regards to uh, i guess a mango farms or ravencoin ipfs or this uh, ice wallet I, I just i contact you to see if there's any updates and that that applies mm -hmm. to the, the community entirely right if they want to know what's going on it's best to contact you Absolutely. I mean, Doug, again, he's a wealth of knowledge and he participates regularly in these channels as well. Uh, so he's definitely a great resource as well, but he is working on development and, and legal stuff with his day with his practice and, and whatnot. So he might not be able to get back to you as, quite as quickly. Uh, so yeah, you're anybody in, out there, you're absolutely welcome to drop me a line at any time. And if I don't know the answer, 
I probably know the people who do, and I can find out for you. Perfect. I don't want to wrap up quite just yet. Um, I want to ask you a, a serious question. How do we get Ravencoin to the next level? Like currently, right now, what we're doing in Twitter Spaces, what um, mm -hmm. Cryptolissa and uh, Quo Thing and JC and a bunch of other uh, Ravenites out there in Twitter Spaces, we've been doing this this event called uh, T minus thirty. Actually, um, Alyssa, uh, are you able to speak? Can you just give us a breakdown of of how that's been going? Yeah, so um, we are getting ready to wrap up our first week um, on Saturday. And then Sunday, we start our second week. Um, T-30 is an event that is being held on Twitter Spaces. Um, it's essentially a space on Twitter um, marketing Ravencoin for um, anybody who is into crypto, looking for a new blockchain, etc. And it's going good. Our first night we had drawn on and we had, I don't know, 150, 200 people. Um, so yeah, it's been going well. We just finished one up at 7 p.m. Pacific time tonight with the STO uh, group. And we're moving on to our next one tomorrow. Thank you. So, Chaturga, the question that I have for you mm -hmm. is, a, a lot of people are asking, you know, uh, who's who's the CEO of Ravencoin? You know, there there is, for, for clarification, on the record, there is no CEO. This is all a community. Since the mm -hmm. beginning, right, Chaturga? Since the beginning, it's always been community developers that put this together. It's been community developers that are community just... Uh, the community in general just pushing Ravencoin, just getting out there and just talking about it. You know, they enjoy this project. That's what that's why I'm doing this. I, I, I like I like Ravencoin. That's why I'm talking about it. And now we're doing the T minus thirty. Yeah. We're pumping that up. The question is, how do we get to the next stage of of exposure to bring more awareness to people about what Ravencoin mm -hmm. is and try to bring uh, 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 try to expand this this community even larger. I mean, you've been around it since the beginning, so you've seen the ups, the downs, the people, the, the flood come in, and some people move over to different chains. You've seen it all everywhere. I'm sure. I'm sure you've seen the best of the best and the worst of the worst and everything in between. But now we're at this point where, okay, there's a lot of people right now, a, a big core of the uh, of the Ravencoin community, not just in the states. Keep that in mind. There's a lot of people in in mm -hmm. South Korea, on the other side of the world. You know, in Australia, a lot of people are talking about Ravencoin. Everyone is starting to be united. And that's always been like my thing. I've told everybody since the beginning, it's all about the community. Without the community, this project is not going to survive. Exactly. Now that yep. we have and this that's community. And that's the way it's been, the way it's been from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I honestly think, so taking this in a serious direction, and for those of you who know me, I, that's, that's hard for me to do sometimes. <laughs> to take something in a serious direction, but <clears throat> excuse me, Ravencoin's one of its greatest strengths is also currently its weakness, and that is the fact that there isn't a centralized marketing team. There's not people raising money to go put out billboards and ads and uh, you know f just saturate every media channel to tell people look at this cool thing. But at the same time. Like I said, that's that's kind of our strength in because we don't have to rely on just throwing money at something to gain visibility. In my opinion, the best thing that we can do is it's all about patience and timing and making sure that people understand what Ravencoin is really about and what it can do. The reason why I have, I'm still with this project and why I believe in it so much is I've... I've seen ways that it can change the world. Within the United States and, and some other industrialized nations, crypto, people hear crypto and they think, this is how I get my Lambo. You know, this is how I retire and buy my house in the Hamptons or whatever it happens to be. This is how I make money. Outside of the United States though, crypto changes things for people, especially countries that aren't as far along, they aren't as industrial, they aren't as technologically advanced. They have, some of them even have problems proving their own identities and property ownership in these third world areas. And this is where Ravencoin has the tools to really enact worldwide change. And 
So while in right now the big thing is NFTs and Ethereum's, you know, got their their big claim on the market of art and things are going for thousands of dollars. Again, that that's coming back to how do I make money? How do I invest and and see the dollar signs? But the time is coming. And this is where I say patience and timing. Time is coming when crypto is going to be needed to be something more. We're going to crypto is it needs to step up not just within Ravencoin, but the, all of the industries of cryptocurrency need to show that this is how the world changes. So creating ways to prove identity and to prove property ownership and put these things on an immutable blockchain for places where they don't have those foundations in place, they don't have those infrastructures, is where things are going to really start to change. And when that shift starts to happen, a lot of these cryptocurrency projects out there that do have the marketing teams and all the money and everybody looking at them are going to start falling to the wayside because they don't have the same substance to them. And, you know, you're going to have things like that when, when slash if, this is, this is just speculation, but in, in being around, if the SEC decides to come in and start regulating these, these projects that essentially are securities, that they had ICOs and pre-mines and all these things, that could get them in trouble with with U.S. regulations. Uh, if it gets shut down in the U.S., it's going to ripple out to other markets outside of the U.S. It's just the way our world economy works at this point. And so when those things start falling off, when things like Ethereum switching over to its proof of stake instead of proof of work, and all of those miners now need somewhere to go, they're going to be looking for projects that, one, they can make money on, because let's face it, miners need to be able to pay their bills, and two, something that they can believe in that's going to make a change. And Ravencoin is in a prime position, especially with its happening coming up right about that same time when that switchover is supposedly happening, where things could become very visible very quickly. And so for the next few months at least, the best thing I could say is it's just patience and timing. And when it happens, to show the world that this is here to make a change. So start building, everybody that's early, start building a business now. Because when the flood comes in, you're already established. You already got everything on, everything's uh, yep. established, and you're good to go, right? Yep. NFTs and whatnot, the the artwork movement that's going on right now, it's it's, it's giving legitimacy to cryptocurrency. It's showing that this can work. This does work. It's not the thing that's going to make the change in the world. It's but it is a proof of concept, and it is showing that it has some teeth to it. That people are gonna are gonna follow it. They're gonna put money into it, they're going to put development into it, and it's going to make changes. But like I said, with Ravencoin, it's not just about the artwork and the NFTs. There's a whole bigger monster underneath it just waiting to pounce. You've yep. got dividends, you've got voting, you've got messaging, you've got all kinds of ways that you can approach assets uh, through property management. I've, I've talked to guys that are buying hotels and selling you know, shares in hotels using blockchain so that then when their annual shareholder stuff comes around, they can send out messages for, you know, where do we want to go next? And they can send out dividends automatically to people and use these blockchain applications to do all this stuff instantly. And it's once that bigger set of things starts coming around and the use cases start popping up and people start seeing it as what it is, that's when we're, the, the project's really going to take off. I was waiting for you to say, buy my book. <laughs> yes, buy my book. Yes. All right. Cool, Chaturga, a.k.a. Devin Steele. Thank you for being on the podcast. That's an awesome way to wrap it up. Um, it, it, it's, it's been a pleasure. It really has. Um, it has I for me as well. Have... Thanks so much for having me on. Yes, thank you. I hope to have you on the podcast very soon for a fresh update, especially once we get the uh, Ice Wallet coming out. I want to see your experience with that. Because now with Ice oh, yes. Wallet, you should, it's, not, it's not for de it's, developers are building it, but it's it's for it's for consumer use, right? So anybody can just use it without being confused of what they're doing, right? Exactly. That's where blockchain in general, cryptocurrency, blockchain in general, that's where its next hurdle is is popular adoption, making it so that anybody's grandma can use it. And if you expect people to be stewards over their own money, you need to give them a way to protect it. All right, grandma, get ready for it. Cool. Let's go ahead and wrap it up right there. With that said, uh, I appreciate you all listening, all the Kryptonauts, all the Ravenites all around the world. If you like this video, make sure you give it a thumbs up. Subscribe for more interviews. 
Make sure you leave a comment because I appreciate those comments. And share, share, share. Appreciate that. If you want to take it to the next level, you can always give us a tip or donations with Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ravencoin, Binance, Ethereum, and Bat Token. Don't forget the stablecoin, USDC. With that said, Cryptonauts, until next time, stack sats and hodl. Adios.